Welcome to the Context Podcast, sponsored by Geist Interactive. I'm your host, Jeremy Brown. In this API economy, we can digitally transform our clients' work by connecting outside services to a FileMaker custom app. From easy posts to the Oxford English Dictionary, we can reach out from FileMaker and leverage the expertise of those services to add so much more functionality. Logan Cornelius and his company Spikeball chose FileMaker for this very reason. With less than five years experience, Logan built a FileMaker system that holds their business logic and uses that logic to sync and manipulate data from 10 outside services. Logan didn't wait until he had 10 or more years of experience. He needed that functionality now. Logan sits with me today to talk about his journey in FileMaker development. As he talks, he reminds us all that this outside service skill is a vital one nowadays. Logan learned how, and so can anyone. His work saved his company many hours of time each day and removed human error from the equation. I'm very impressed with what he has done, but what Logan has done is now typical and very necessary for efficient work experience. Hey, welcome Logan. How are you doing today? Doing well. Glad to be here. Great. Well, thank you. Welcome to the Context Podcast. Um, glad to be able to finally get you on and, and talk about it. I uh, was thinking we actually uh, met two years ago now at DevCon 2018, right? Um, yep. You were you actually, I think, were in the very front row of the, the training session that I put on, right? That's right. Is that it? Yeah. Was that your... I'm just... Curious, was that your first DevCon? Was that your uh, first experience with JavaScript there? Uh, it was. So I, it was my first DevCon. I had been looking into JavaScript a little bit and wanting to get more into it. So when I saw your session over JavaScript, I was uh, immediately drawn to it. Mm. Well, cool. Well, um, again, I'm glad for you to be here today. Uh, let's start by uh, what I'd like to talk to you today is a little bit about your DevCon session from 2019 here. You you talked a lot about APIs and such, how you are using them in your in your business. But let's just start with you. Uh, why don't you introduce yourself? Tell us who you are, who you work for, how long you've been in FileMaker, all that kind of stuff. Uh, my name is Logan Cornelius. I am the Senior Operations Manager, Automation Specialist at Spikeball, Inc. Um, if you haven't heard of Spikeball, we're basically uh, creating a sport. Our kind of say we're creating the next great um world sport now at this point so Ooh. we uh um we're making sales all over the world we've been hosting events for four or five years now next year we're hosting our first world tournament so events are part of it but a large part of what we do is selling sets and there's uh, just a large supply chain uh, related to that so i first came on with spike ball in 2016 and kind of inherited some things that the company was working on I was like hey i'm gonna work on these and i started working in there. Like these things are um, not my favorite to work with. We could find better ways to do them. And my boss kind of sent FileMaker over my way um, and then started building with FileMaker back in 2016 and realized, um, hey, it'd be cool if we could connect these way things through the internet. And I've always kind of loved technology, want to get involved with programming, coding and APIs. Like, okay, like, yeah, we could do this with FileMaker. So that's kind of where I got started with that back in 2016 and started teaching myself APIs back at kind of the end of 2016. Did you, so you didn't know FileMaker before you joined Spikeball? No, I didn't. So I came on, so I started, or I started with Spikeball um, out of college. So I started with there and kind of like interned and then full time. And so with that, I put a lot of time like 
um, after work and a little bit during work, just building stuff and learning the system uh, by like, just like doing the training videos and just learning how relational database is working, how uh, relational data works. So I pretty much was, I was teaching myself everything from scratch. I came out of Texas A&M with a sport management Spanish degree. So I had, <laughs> I had no technical like programming in my, in my schooling. And so it was like, I was teaching myself all of it. And it was, I loved it. It was a lot of fun. Did, did Spikeball, the, the place you work, did, did, did it have FileMaker there before? you arrived or you were part of the group of people that explored it and found out FileMaker? Yeah, I was, it, we had no FileMaker on. Okay. So I was part of that, explored it and brought it on. I think my, my boss had heard of it um, at a previous company he worked at and I was looking for tools to kind of make things better. Um, okay. That's, I just kind of enjoy looking for software and programs to make things better. And he's like, Hey, check this out. And once I looked into it, I was like, okay, this can, uh, this can work. Nice. I, and I want to hear about that transition in a bit. But first, describe Spikeball a little bit for us. Yeah. So Spikeball is like two-on-two volleyball. And I'm going to preface this by saying, since this is an audio podcast, search, search Spikeball on YouTube because I've tried to explain Spikeball just through audio hundreds of times in my life and no one ever understands it. So while I'm explaining it, look it up on YouTube and that will help. Yeah. Um, with that being said, spike ball is like two-on-two volleyball, except instead of hitting the ball over a net, you're hitting the ball into a net, which looks like a mini trampoline. Um, once the ball is served, um, the receiving team has up to three touches to get the ball back onto the net. And once the ball hits the net, it changes possession. So in volleyball, you have three touches to get the ball over the net. In spike ball, you have three touches to get the ball on the net. Sounds like I would be good at this game, hitting it into the net. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> okay. Yeah, perfect, perfect for people who can't get the ball over the net. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's me. That's me. They put me um, far back. Go ahead. <laughs> I love it. Um, but yeah, and so and there's no boundaries. So that's part of the, that's part of like the draw of it is you can move 360 degrees around the net. And mm. technically, the name of the sport is round net. The product name is spike ball, but uh, that's a whole different conversation. But the sport itself is is round net, um, and spike ball is merely the company name. But um, yeah, that, that's that's pretty much the sport and how it's played. It's it's a lot of fun. I've been I before I came on, I started playing in like 2010, and that's kind of how I found the company and eventually got connected with them. So um, my my FileMaker story, and my Spikeball story, they're both they're both kind of fun. Oh, that's that's really, that's really neat. You stumbled into both, sort of, right? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Today's episode is brought to you by LedgerLink. As companies continue to digitally transform their work environments using FileMaker and a host of online resources, it is important to implement solutions that keep data synced up. LedgerLink is our tool to sync your invoice, customer, product, sales data hosted in QuickBooks Online with the data in your FileMaker system. LedgerLink is a connector between your FileMaker custom app and your QuickBooks Online account. In three easy steps, you can connect and sync all data in both systems, whether you want to push from FileMaker to QBO or the other way around. There's very little work for you to do to get set up. LedgerLink handles it all for you. LedgerLink is pure FileMaker, so you can get in there and extend the system and customize. You can use the LedgerLink file as your accounting file, or you can use it as an intermediary between your custom app and QBO. It's just FileMaker tables, scripts, layouts, and you know how to work with those. The Intuit Developer API is exposed and ready for you to add or modify to fully interact with your system. Let users of your system see QBO data without access to QuickBooks Online. Eliminate entry in two different systems with LedgerLink. Download the 14-day trial and see how fast it is to sync QBO data with data in your custom app. 
LedgerLink, the FileMaker QuickBooks Online Connector. So tell me about that. Um, I, I'm really interested in knowing businesses before FileMaker. So describe a little bit about the business processes that happened before FileMaker that were solved by FileMaker. Yeah, so kind of what I've come in and do, when I, when I first started out, I was over event management, like basically the back-end operations of our events. So we go to a lot of trade shows, we have a lot of tournaments, and we would just send equipment and sets to stuff. Um, and so the very first solution I put together um, was for that. And so when I came on, basically it was all running off a of Google Sheet. We would have each, um, each row in the Google Sheet was an event, and then who was working it, um, how much we spent, like all, all of the details for the event was on a line item of a Google Sheet. And then in order for stuff to be sent out, we, we use a system called um, Basecamp in which we like ping or direct message. And so in order to send something out, we would direct message uh, what was being sent out to someone. And then they would, someone on like the, the more so the marketing team or the events team would message someone on the warehouse team or the operations team to put that order into our shipping software because only the operations team had access to the shipping software. Um, so there's a lot of direct messaging. And so it was like that human interaction, like, hey, here's what we want to send. And then they would take that and then they would enter an order manually into our shipping software. And they would take that and enter an order manually into our um, inventory software, take it out of inventory, um, and then ship it out. And so, and then a lot of, just like a lot of like manual entry of orders and just not you can't report on the data afterward it's very hard unless you're just gonna like do some really deep digging putting a lot of work into that um google sheet but that was the main process and that one was just it was really time consuming and like what i like to say is it was it would take like an hour to do one event it seemed like there was a lot of duplication of data where humans were entering the same event piece of data in different systems so because humans are all different, each of those may enter, have been entered a little bit differently. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And that, like, yeah, pretty much. And with that, a lot of people entering the data, which I mean, a lot more human error. And and one of the big things from that is just like we would ship things out and a lot of times it would show up late or like we wouldn't get it on the date. We just didn't have a set process of like, here's how we do it. It was just all like, okay, here's the data. Let's send it to one person. They can send it to another person and um, try to try to make it work in time. Okay, so that you you mentioned it took about an hour to get an event from Google Sheets into all of the places. You had to ping people; they had to be watching their you know their icon indicator to let them know they have something to do. And so it was a very manual, laborious process. Yeah, hundred um, percent, absolutely. And then you discovered FileMaker. So uh, I would love to hear how did you before you describe how FileMaker changed your life? <laughs> how did you actually discover that platform? How did your company discover it? Yeah. So like I said earlier, my boss, I think he'd seen it before and had maybe been used slightly at a company he'd been with before. Um, so Scott Palmer is my boss. He's the COO of Spikeball, but he sent me an email. Um, was like, hey check this out. This could be a cool tool to use. And um, he'll send me stuff like that. And I'll check it out. And if I'm used it, I love to love to apply it. And this one I, I looked into and I was like, okay, this seems, this seems pretty cool. And so uh, I was like, let's download the free trial. So did that. And then just went on to YouTube and looked up like training videos. Um, that's pretty much what I, cause in high school I worked, I taught myself um, final cut, um, final cut 
on uh, the Mac to like video edit. And so kind of the same approach I had with that, I took with FileMaker and just looked at YouTube videos, how to do it. And a lot of like the training videos out there, there's a lot of good stuff and just spent hours just teaching myself how it all works. Okay. And so then you came back to your boss and said, we, you think that this will work for you? Two was I had, I'd found some softwares that I like, I tried to implement as like, okay, this solves one problem with our events, but then it doesn't solve this problem. And it was, there was not nothing out of the box that really fit what we were doing. And, okay. So those are, those are like store-bought or um, other, other systems solved one right. of your problems for events, but not, not everything that you needed. Okay. Yep. Um, so what, what convinced you, what, what, what did you see in FileMaker that convinced you that it worked for your company? Just how just how custom it was. I was able to build what I wanted and manage the data how I wanted it. Um, and at, even though at the time, like I didn't necessarily know how to do everything with it, I was like, okay, mm-hmm. I'm going to be able to figure out how to do it. And at this point, I know how to get the data in here. And then I know as I learn, I'll figure out I can go with the data I want, or we can we can shape this to how we want for the data input. So its customization was really like the big drawing point. I was like, oh, okay, we can we can make this do what we want, which is really exciting. Holding the data for your events. So then the people in your shipping and inventory areas, they, they don't actually, um, they wouldn't have to enter it again because they could see the record that you or your event staff entered into the, the custom app, right? Correct. Yeah. So when I, when I started out before I learned APIs, I was actually doing a lot with, um, I was basically, we would enter the event in and then we would export it as an Excel and then I would upload that Excel. So we're still, we have some systems that we are like, there are set shipping systems like ShipStation, which is something we integrate with now. And then Bright Pro is an inventory, which we integrate. But um, with those, before I learned APIs, it was still great because I could enter it in, I could export an Excel and then I could upload and map that Excel Ah. um, to both of those. So even that, I was like, okay, I don't have to enter this manually anymore. It's all in here. Nice. Um, And that was, that one was easy to figure out at first. And so that, that was a huge step right there. It was like, okay, this is way better than what we're doing now. That's an interesting point because you you found a you found a, a platform that would help you enter it once and then export it out. And you just you picked the first way of exporting as an Excel file and then uploading it. So even that probably reduced your workload, the work, the timing to much faster. Is that correct? Oh yeah. So, I mean, it probably went from 45 minutes to an hour down to with exporting still like 10 minutes or so, but that was still a huge decrease. Okay. All right. That's, that's very cool to, to hear that. So you you built a FileMaker system that was never meant to be just a closed environment um, you, you wanted to build something that you could connect or you could send the data that you entered to other systems, like you said, ShipStation and Bright Pearl. Um, so it seems like that's something you had in mind at the very beginning too, right? Is, is, oh, hey, this can export the, the record easily and I can easily map the fields. So that was a big win for, uh, for you looking at the FileMaker platform. Got oh, it. yeah, absolutely. That, that, that was one of the big things when I was looking for something. It's like, okay, how can I more easily like manage what we have and get the data somewhere else? And yeah. I kind of knew, I was like, AP, APIs were out there. And it's like, this seems like it's not that hard to do, but I just don't know how to do it. And so it's like looking at a picture and you don't know what you're looking at until you see it. And you're like, oh, that's very obvious. Yeah. And so like I knew eventually I would figure it out. Um, so I was like, okay, let's just jump in and get started. And like, we'll, we'll see how it goes. Okay. 
<clears throat> so you started with you started with an export of Excel, but then you eventually moved to APIs, and that was the point of your DevCon session. How did you find that transition? Yeah, that it was it was a lot of a lot of learning um, and kind of just like feeling so. At first, it was just like feeling so close, but not quite having it there. And actually, what it, uh, a big part of what it was is I watched a video on YouTube um, by Salvatore over at uh, Goya, I believe it is. Um, and I watched one of his YouTube videos on how to set up an API. And I like, I found him on LinkedIn. I sent him a message like, Hey, I was watching your video. Like I'm so close. Like I feel like my script is there. I feel like I'm doing everything right, but something's wrong. Um, and then he was like, Oh, you just need to do this. And like that, that was the moment, like he showed me how to do that. I was like, okay, this works now. And like, I was able to get the data. Um, and, that, and that was like one of the most exciting uh, days in working with FileMaker. Where I was like, got that first API working. I was like, Oh man, like that, the data is there. Like it did it. And so, um, him helping me after like watching that video, just like the community around FileMaker is awesome. And like, I've been on the forums a lot and just got so many questions answered um, when I can't figure it out, which is, which is great. And then, so after that, I like, at first I was just kind of like, okay, here's what I did here. Let me copy that and then edit it. And then as I started to more understand what I was doing, I was able to edit it more to what I wanted. So you started with one API through the help of uh, uh, Goya. And then you kind of like, burst forth and and started working with as many APIs as you needed to, right? Yeah. Once, once I, once I like learned how to do it, it's like the dam broke. And I just like started like integrating everything I possibly could. <laughs> so your, your FileMaker system that sits on your machine right now on your server, it's just a small part. It's, it's the hub of your entire workflow, right? The data, the, the event might start there, but it gets pushed out to, seven or eight different services correct yeah okay. yeah so there's a lot of different things going and now it's like now our the filemaker solution like we have more than just events in there and there's other things that we manage in there um okay. and it's like checking inventory numbers and everything so yeah it's 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 more like a hub is a good way to put it that connects to a lot of different systems what uh what apis do you connect to what services do you connect to yeah, so right now we have BrightPro, which is inventory, Monday.com, which is kind of like a task manager system that we use with our warehouse, connects to Basecamp, which is kind of like our internal um, connection system. Red Podium is kind of what we use for registrations. ShipStation, we use a ship. Uh, we have it connected with SurveyMonkey, um, Zaius, which is kind of an email um, campaign and um, type of thing. And then like, I even put together a, a, a JavaScript application myself. I kind of built a web app and um, connected that. And that was a fun little project because I set up an intermediate, area, intermediate server to kind of help protect the data and all that. And so I do that. And then Shipwire, which is what we use for international shipments. And so, um, and then we have a, a few more in the pipeline that are coming that we'll, we'll be uh, uh, integrating with as well. So your users of your system, they enter a record into your FileMaker system um, or they see a record in your FileMaker system, but they don't have to do anything to get it to the other service, right? They press a button, but that's probably it. If they want to um, you know, ship something, they just enter it and then they press a button and that automatically sends it to the ship station uh, service, right? Your, Correct. Yeah. Your users that's don't do point. anything with those services. Nope. Nope. And that's that's one of my favorite integrations as well. Is like like I said earlier, like the ops team really they're who they are who have access to the like operations things like ShipStation or BrightPearl. 
Um, so when they wanted to ship something out, they would always have to be like message someone on the ops team, like, Hey, I want to send like a, a freebie because one of the perks we get at our, uh, jobs, you can like send a few free things each month to kind of people we know who are going to use the product. And so there'd be a lot of people, or like if we have like companies we're working with or like, Hey, this person's really loving it. Like they're a big influencer. Let's get them some stuff. They would have to send their orders to someone on the ops team, but now created a freebie portal through FileMaker where they just log into their own FileMaker login. They enter their order on it pretty much is like a, a custom inventory thing that I've built on FileMaker. And so they choose what they want, put in the shipping address and press send and it automatically sends it to our systems. So describe to, for me, if you would, I know, again, this is audio only, but describe for me the the script that you built for one of your APIs. I'd really like to hear your workflow that happens with a press of a button. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so I'll go back to kind of the, one of the very first ones I built and being self-taught. I, every, uh, every time I like start learning, seeing other people's scripts, like, okay, yeah, here are better ways I can do it. So that's what's great is I'm still always learning how I can better do what I've been learning this whole time. But um, yeah, so this one is for creating a new order in ShipStation. So basically on the FileMaker end, they would enter whatever inventory they want. There'd be an order, um, an order record. And that one would be, there'd be a, a join table and then a, a join record and then connected to an inventory record. So they add all the inventory they want to this order and then they would click submit. And so then um, the first it asks, do we need a, a return label for this event? And if it is yes, then it runs another script that basically creates a return label order in our shipping software and then associates that with the order. If not, then it doesn't. Um, and then it checks for the day. We have a few kind of um, contingencies on the day. So if we're shipping, if we're shipping to like uh, UPS or FedEx, uh, UPS is closed on Sundays. So it's like it checks for the day. And then if it's Sunday, it's like, hey, it's going to be Sunday when this most likely arrives or when you're going to pick it up because it's the day before event. So you might not want to ship here. You might want to be aware of that. Um, and then it, so if that's all good, it lets them know. And then it checks for the shipping address, all, all the information on shipping. And if none of that's filled out, it exits the script and lets them know um, that. And so then once we get in the API, we grab the parameters. So we have the API key, um, the API secret saved in the system securely. So it grabs those, um, saves them to a variable, um, same with a few more authentication parameters, saves those to variables. Um, and that, that was one of the things, like when I first started with FileMaker, I didn't really get that FileMaker had variables. And it's such a simple thing that like, I was like, oh yeah, variables. And as I learned to program more, I realized how like variables are like day one. Mm -hmm. um, it's like, oh, wow, this is incredible. <laughs> uh, and then after that, I will find whatever shipping service they chose, save that to a variable and then some more information. And then finally, the last thing I get is the, um, the URL. So like every API, you can go on check the documentation and find what the URLs are. So it grabs the URL, um, saves that to a parameter, and then it goes into the insert from URL script step. And with that, basically put all of the parameters into the, um, the curl options. And with that, I basically have it set up to where I have the JSON of the the headers we need for it and then the json setup for all of, like the body information mm -hmm. and so have that set up in, in curl format um and then have all that and then just basically have the json set up and so as it runs it fills all in the json and then the insert from url just sends it out and then once i get that back so the thing with shipstation with bright pearl is there's a few steps to it so like especially with bright pearl i have to run there i part of just getting an order up involves like four or five different scripts because I'm just having to run several different API calls. There's a few 
um, post calls and get calls. But once I once I do that in ShipStation, I run that, I get it, I save it to like an event API result, so I can go back and check and make sure everything looked good. Oh, um, and then I save the ShipStation order ID and ShipStation order key, which is um, internal ShipStation information. I save that to the order, um, and then. And then I have to go back and add the line items to or the order. So I create the order in ShipStation. It's a blank order. And then it goes back and adds the line items. And so what that does is it then I basically search the order on the join table or the, yeah, the join table of FileMaker. So it finds all of the inventory related to um, the order and it will loop over them. And it basically just updates a variable with the line item. So I have like a set variable with like the skew line item JSON. And so if there's like five items, it'll go through it. And then for one object within that um, variable, create the SKU and then add the SKU, that item, the name, add the item name, and then quantity, add the item quantity. And it loops over all of those and then packages all that into the JSON that's needed for the API call. And then it goes through it and then eventually insert from URL again. And I already have the um, ShipStation order ID from when I ran the first call. And then just puts that in, adds that JSON variable, um, that little package into the JSON I built, and then runs that, and voila, it adds everything to mm-hmm. the ship station order. Nice. I completely followed that <laughs> because I've, <laughs> I've done that. I think I might do it a little bit differently, but that's the yeah. cool thing is we, we have different ways to do it. Have you ever, have you ever looked at our HTTP request script? I'm not, I'm not sure I have. That's i Send that my way afterward. I'd love to take a look at it. Yeah, it's. I wrote a post about it, but it's it's basically a, a module script that you just pass in the um, URL, the body, the parameters, the query parameters, the header stuff, and it okay. actually will construct the curl settings and do the insert from URL and send you back the the response. So. Yeah. And- and that's even I. This was one of my first scripts, and now I write them a little bit differently. But I'll because t- I went to the modular um, FileMaker a session a couple of years ago in 2018, and really liked that. So I need to I need to go check out that that script. But it works for you, and you've done this so many times. I assume it's pretty like rote for you now. Like you have a you can take one script and just duplicate it, and then change things, and it it still does the same thing, right? For a different API. Yep. Yep. And it's with, with the new PI, there's maybe like a little bit that I have to yeah. figure out different, but for the most part, yeah, it's a pretty, it's a pretty easy process when I want to integrate something new. Yeah. Um, do you, <laughs> I, I joke every once in a while on this, but um, I've done a lot of API calls. I think I've used ShipStation and EasyPost and I've called to some, some dictionary libraries it kind of gets boring, doesn't it? It kind of gets like, you know, ho-hum because you're just doing the same thing over and over with different URLs and parameters and such. But you're not actually you're not actually using brain power to solve a problem, a new problem. <laughs> you're just using the same thing over and over. Do you ever find yeah, them boring to put together there's, nowadays? There's like the fine there's like the fine line of like, okay, how am I gonna do this figuring it out? And then there's like, okay, this is exciting, like get everything that I figured out. Yep. It's like, oh wait, now I have to program all this. And then that's when it gets a little bit mundane when it's like I'm just writing it all together. It's like I know what I I know what I have to do. I just I have to do it now. Um yep. once like like you said, once kind of like the brain power and the puzzle solving is over and you're just like, okay, doing it. Um but that's I feel like I kind of jump in between. I'll generally have a couple APIs I'm integrating together. So it kind of gives me that 
uh, a break from one to go and build something else. So try to find ways to just always have that something exciting there. It's, it's so powerful and it's getting kind of boring. It's kind of getting like, and that's great because that's what FileMaker is great for. It's, it's just a connection. It's, it can be a connection hub that you're exact, exactly as you're using it. And, you know, it's powerful, but it's simple to do nowadays. So that's, yeah, check out our, our post. If, if what you're doing works for you, that's great. Um, but I like the fact I the post that I wrote. I said I don't know how to construct a curl, uh, curl request. I just mm-hmm. know that this one script does it for me, and I know it works. So yeah. don't have to worry about it. But uh, <laughs> yeah, all right, good. All right, so you're connecting to all these APIs. You're you're you've set up your system, and it just works. Your company has, I, th- I think your DevCon slide says you've saved a ton of time using these API setups. Is that correct? Yeah, 100%. Absolutely. Yeah. You said ShipStation, you, you estimated it takes around 100, it saves around 116 hours per year. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, going from where we were before with all of the manual entry of the events, um, with one of those taking one hour per time and it went down to about 45 seconds. Um, with all the events we do and the orders we enter, it's it saves a colossal amount of time. How many hours total do you think you're saving um, using these API setups that you've got? Oh, gosh. I mean, compared to the process we were doing, I mean, it's hundreds and hundreds of hours that are being saved, just being more efficient. And um, and it's like sometimes like I lose track of that just because we're able to do more and more because of all this. But it's like we wouldn't be able to do near as much of this if if we didn't have all these in place, but it's, I mean, it's, it's hundreds and hundreds of hours. You said, you said on one of your uh, last slides, you say 596 hours per year yeah. using this, these API uh, connections, right? Yep. And yeah, and a lot of, a lot of that big chunk comes from like our um, one, some of our like events, we download um, event registrations and we're, we're doing, we're doing some event um, stuff of that, like actually running the tournaments day of, and then, ShipStation and Bright Pearl, like just being able to send those orders in, just like that's a, that's such an easy one, like that knocked off a ton of time. How long does it take you to set up an API? Like, get it from your boss says we now need to connect to Easy Post or a dictionary to when you have it complete. Yeah, uh, how long does it take you to to actually get it working? Like, hey, here's a here's something that'll work. Um, I can generally have that done. I mean, to actually have working at the data processing, that takes like 15 minutes to get something that's like, okay, here we can use as an hour. And then, then to get it perfected takes a little bit longer, but um, to actually get it up and running, just looking at the documentation and setting up the right script, um, it's it's a pretty simple task. And it depends it depends on the process, but if, if it's one that I feel comfortable with, yeah, I probably could get it done like within an hour or two, um, get it set up and it might not it might not look pretty on like the the user interface side but the actual data and the api setup um with like the scripting and everything around it it's pretty quick yeah and and it's quicker because you are you're getting better at it right you've done it so many times that it's uh, you know it's it's easy to to replicate over and over absolutely and even like now when i do it it's kind of like i always i i make sure i'm doing the call i'm getting the data correctly like using postman which is a, a great mm-hmm. api tool um, and then once I'm like, okay, so I feel good about this, then I'm, then I can just integrate it in and it works, it works pretty easy. Then it's just, 
then it's just, I put, basically I put the stone down, which is the API call, and then I'll build everything around it to like, okay, how can I get this data formatted in the way I want? Um, yep. And that's generally where, that's where a little bit more time takes, depending on how the data is entering the API call. But um, that's, that's where it gets fun is when I'm actually like trying to solve that puzzle. Do your users appreciate your hard work in these API setups? Yeah, I, I mean, I really do feel appreciated by the, the team and um, setting all this up. And um, especially when I get one, just how cool everyone thinks something is when it gets connected is it's a rewarding feeling, um, yeah. which is pretty fun. Yeah, I mean, and this shows the power of the platform, right? The innovative nature of it. It's not a closed system. It can connect to anywhere. Um, and you're <laughs> you more than anybody that I've I've talked with or, or heard from heard about you are connecting to a lot of services and i have to say that's pretty impressive that you went from not knowing filemaker at all in 2016 to here it's you know three years later and you're connecting to 10 different uh services all of your data flows from the filemaker system out to these and you're saving 600 hours a year for your users so yeah that's, that's, uh, I must say that's pretty impressive. Um, and, and I assume you're looking around for more APIs to connect to, right? Are yeah, there looking, on the horizon? Yeah. So, I mean, we're looking for more, um, there's some more, um, bigger softwares and some automation softwares that we're using. So like one, we've used this, uh, automation software called Integramat, which we've done. It, it kind of helps with automations as well. And Flymark's done that, but we're looking at, um, another, automation software right now that's a lot more powerful than that and which we'll use to kind of work with FileMaker as well. Um, and then just different ones to kind of pay contractors and um, run our events. And I'm actually, one thing I'm working on right now is using using the API, um, using the, a, or the FileMaker API to connect with itself. So hmm. uh, basically creating an offline, an offline file to work as basically a syncing file to run tournaments. So that was a fun little project I've been working on for a little, I started that in 20, probably into 2017, beginning in 2018, and then worked on it a little bit throughout the year. And then last couple of months kind of put some time onto it, but yeah, basically using the FileMaker API on an offline file so that we can update it without internet. And then when we get internet, click it and it syncs it all to the file and it will sync it between different, um, different iPads so we can run an event with it. So that's been fun kind of using the FileMaker API in and of itself with itself. Do you think do you think connecting to APIs in a business setting is worth a filemaker developer's exploration? Oh, a hundred percent. It makes it makes the software so much more powerful. And, and there's a lot of my I mean my focus has been with APIs, but it's once you learn it, it's it's easy to implement once you do it. So it's it's a skill worth having in any tool belt for sure. Yeah, yeah. It, we here at Geist Interactive agree we think that we don't we don't build too many systems nowadays that are closed that are just like sitting on a on a server have data that is stays in there 100 percent. most of our clients are reaching out to other services because our clients realize that filemaker yeah we could build an inventory system right and you it sounds like you did not even attempt that because there's already an inventory system that you were using and is already been built, right? Exactly. And I, that's what exactly I was going to say. Like you can, it's so powerful once you can build things, but it's at some point, it's like some of these things are already built and 
with like the way software and technology is a lot of it's just so affordable it's like i don't need to spend my time building that when i can just use the filemaker software to build a custom need for me and then connect to this other software that works great still it's great to hear that from you because you're coming into filemaker brand new you probably again you've only had three years of experience with filemaker but you're already tackling a pretty well i don't think it's pretty complex or you know <laughs> complicated but you're it's you're attacking what to be, it's daunting to people who haven't done it before sure for the first time right but it gets right, easier right. and easier but you're attacking a concept that many people don't even touch and it may for good reason maybe their systems are just closed but for sure you you are you probably don't know everything about filemaker yet but you're hitting a topic that you know it took me 12 years to to get to so um, kudos for that. Of course, it's because your business really needed it, right? And if you weren't able to do it, you'd probably be looking for work <laughs> somewhere else. So yeah. you had to do it. <laughs> yeah. and, and I mean, FileMaker helped kind of shape. When I first started, I was mostly dealing with events. Now, like I'm dealing with the backend events to make sure they get there. But because of FileMaker, it's a small part. And like my job title revolves around automation. So yep. FileMaker very much has helped shape what I'm doing in my job. What? Is there anything that's been like challenging or difficult using FileMaker in this API connection? Um, oh man, let me think about this for a second. Every every once in a while, I'll come up on a problem where I don't necessarily, I don't necessarily know how to solve it. I guess, and so I have to figure it out. And it's sometimes I bump into the limitations, but for the most part, for the most part, when I'm working with APIs. Like I know, I know I can figure out a lot of times it's, um, it's just figuring out, figuring out myself how to do it. Um, okay. cause I, with, with the APIs, I'm not doing anything so complex to where I'm like bumping up against the limitations of FileMaker all that often. Um, so a lot of times it's just like figuring out how I can do it and teaching myself and then using the API to do it. Um, and so like, it's, it's more so the problem that is complex rather than um, the software that's making it complex, if that makes okay. sense. Yeah, that's good. So <clears throat> this is a context podcast. We we try to talk about context in in um, our in using techniques. So since we've talked a lot about APIs, I know that you have inferred this for us, but state for us very uh, concretely. What is the context for using APIs and and exploring that? possibility with FileMaker. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, for me personally, it was when I knew there was a software. So one, mostly there were softwares that were deeply ingrained to our company. Um, and so like, these were softwares we were going to use, but then there were these holes within our company that like the certain things we were doing weren't working well, we needed to find a software. So using FileMaker and those APIs was a great way to keep those softwares. We didn't, we didn't need to come in and build a um, system that would replace what we had because it was working great. But FileMaker's APIs was a great way to build something in a hub for what you're using that solved this specific problem. And the APIs were able to integrate um, and be more so like a glue. It was a glue that kind of allowed us to connect our different things and allow us to send data the way we wanted. And even with it, we the data we're sending, we can report with like the reporting features of FileMaker. So just getting started, that was a great way to do it. And then um, another context was just like when we have a software that we don't necessarily need everyone to have access to, but we want them to have certain capabilities of it, we can build a FileMaker solution around that and give people the access they need through a custom um, interface without 
having to let them worry about the whole software on the back end. That's a that's a good point. I it hadn't occurred to me to that, but you're you're creating an interface for them in FileMaker that gives them access to that um, ShipStation or Bright Pearl without them having to get into Bright Pearl. Right. Correct. Yeah. And that's and that's like so that's one. We have that one. And then we have another one where we we actually are hosting college tournaments around the country. And so we have a generic kind of login for um, these college kids to go in and then they can log into their school, um, their kind of school portal and they can upload their roster, add the rosters on there and then they can um, drag and drop their verify, so they have to verify their college students and then they click upload and that uploads that straight into Basecamp for us so that we can check documents and see their verification. Um, without having to sift through emails and find it and automatically um, does it for us. So that's another one where we kind of create a, uh, we create a, a portal for them. They don't need to access whatever we're accessing, but it allows them to access it in a very small way, but gives them a front to do it. Nice. That's a, that's a good context for it. So very good. Um, all right. That I, I really appreciate you telling us how you're using it. Um, I, it's, it's encouraging to hear that someone with three years of experience in FileMaker is already building an app that what we would we would call all powerful because it's connecting everywhere you need it to connect to. And it's nice to hear that someone again with less experience is really pushing FileMaker um, right then. So you don't have to wait until you have 10 years of experience before you start working in that realm. That's, that's exactly that. Yeah. Um, you mentioned a couple of things. I, I would love to know uh, if you can think of anything off the top of your head that helped you learn this API stuff. You mentioned um, Goya, you mentioned um, just some YouTube videos for general FileMaker, but is there anything that stands out in your learning APIs and, and how to work with them? Yeah, I know. I, I definitely spent some time on um, y'all's y'all's side as well and watching API videos for y'all. I specifically remember just some of the Google Calendar API um, videos and then um, just a lot of just generic videos on YouTube and honestly just researching kind of API. I think I did a little bit on tree. So I treehouse, uh, teamtreehouse.com, I kind of used to teach myself programming. Um, so I taught myself JavaScript through that, currently working on Python, um, but they have some API videos that I watched. Um, and so that that really helped. There's some generic on REST API, just honestly looking up articles on REST API. And because for me, I can, I'm a lot better at once I learn the process. In school, history is always my worst subject because it wasn't necessarily a process, but like math and science, I could learn the process and do it well. So rather than just like learning the format, I would just look up, okay, what is REST API? How does it work? What is the background behind it? And as I did that, that kind of helped me understand what I was doing more. So then when I saw like y'all's video, when I um, like, watch Salvatore's video, it gave me a lot more context, if you will, um, to better understand it. Nice. Okay, great. You mentioned uh, JavaScript, and that's where we met in my training session. What are you, you, and you mentioned a web app that you built, but are you actually using JavaScript in your FileMaker apps, or is it strictly a separate app? So I, I have, within the app, I one, I have one um, area where I actually learned from you, where I have kind of a um, graph that kind of shows a map out of our expenses. So it's just a lot prettier way to show the data. So that's where I have it in our app. Mm -hmm. um, otherwise, I haven't used it too much using the web view and whatnot. I'd like to, I just haven't. Um, 
mostly with the JavaScript web app. I'm, I built a web app and I'm using that to access data and then have like Node.js that's interacting with um, API calls to get data from the FileMaker app. So okay. I, have, I have that um, graphing function in FileMaker, but outside of it, it's mostly just using JavaScript to call the FileMaker database and then bring that and put it into a web app. Nice. Okay. All right. Well, you know, um, we always love working with the web viewer and uh, <laughs> it was good that I remember in that at DevCon last year, you were actually working on your little app all week, right? Yep. Yep. Taking the C3 library, I think that we focus, we spent some time on and really trying to get it to display your data, right? It's still, it's still one of my favorite like integrations on the on the app because it's it's so much prettier to look at it that way and it organizes data well. So, yeah, um, it's and it's it's right now it's just been there's so many other things integrating systems that I want to get back to just like using the web viewer and integrating JavaScript into it. Um, but that's still one of my favorite integrations. Yep. But it sounds like your system is built for your users, right? Maybe you don't need to use the web viewer so much in your custom app because you're not needing a date picker or a calendar or something because you're using these, all these other services to handle, right. handle all that for you. So, right. uh, you know, I'm a little sad that you're, you're not using the web viewer very much, but, <laughs> but <laughs> what's important is you're solving the problems for your, uh, for your users. So for your, exactly. company. yeah, and don't, I'm not using the web app viewer. I'm not using the web viewer, not because I don't want to just kind of have the opportunity <laughs> to use it again. So I would like to use it more. So take solace in that. Well, we're, we're excited because, you know, we know that from the product roadmap that we're, we're getting a new uh, script step that will help us solve a lot of the problems that we've had with the web viewer. Um, so I'm excited about that. I'm, I'm exploring widgets that can be used in FileMaker and hopefully uh, more people will start using them as we uh, go on. But absolutely. Very good. Well, uh, uh, Logan, thank you so much for your time. I, I loved hearing that. It's very inspiring to hear. I've said this many times, but it's it's inspiring to hear how your system has transformed your business, has innovated for your company and, and solved their a lot of their problems and has connected to these outside. So the, these outside services. So thank you for the great description. I think it was very clear. So well, I, I really appreciate it. And I mean, I'm encouraged by the people in the community and just doing it. And it's exciting to see everyone else innovating as well. And um, just uh, thank you for your encouragement in doing all this. I, I love it. And it's, uh, it's been a blast. Great. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you, Logan. I appreciate your time. Uh, we'll, we'll talk to you later. Okay. Sounds good. Talk to you later. Bye. And that brings us to the end of another episode of the Context Podcast. I'd like to thank Logan Cornelius of Spikeball for joining me today. He's got a great story and he's a great inspiration to FileMaker developers. I know I'm inspired and really wish that I had started this path when I was only three years into my development. Please take a moment to rate and review us where you're listening to us right now. And reach out, email us at support at geistinteractive.com with a general question or a topic idea. Give us a topic and we'll find the best guests to help us understand. Until next week, context is king.